Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me, along with Captain Keith. We are your crew uh, today as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio, the show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Uh, Captain Dennis not with us today because, uh, well, he's unpacking. He moved into his air park, and uh, I guess a giant U-Haul just pulled up to his, uh, his new home. They are around the runway, and he's uh, unpacking, and he doesn't have time to talk about airplanes right now. So it's just me and you, Keith. What do you say? Hey, let's do it. All right. I think we can handle it. I think, you know, look, uh, Keith is a, well, you're a CFI. You're a flight instructor, master flyer. What, what, what is all the accolades you have and titles and things besides, like, Grand Poobah of uh, Just Plain Radio? <laughs> Uh, CFI, CFII, MEI, ATP, uh, LMNOP. Really mean anything. Yeah, right. Yeah, something like that. Okay, right. he all of the above. He has them. So we got plenty of uh, you know brain power uh, to help us navigate uh, the latest aviation news and information. Well, I have today. all those things. I'm not sure I have brain power though. No, you do. According to a new study from uh, China, uh, there's some information that says that pilots are wired differently. Than the general public, and we're talking about you know wired in your brain, and uh, we're gonna we're gonna jump into that in a little bit because it definitely, I mean, it, it could answer a lot of questions, explain a lot of things about. Well, my uh, wife might agree with that very easily. Well, I, I think that's kind of what they're alluding to. So we'll get into that in just a bit. But first, we got a couple little things we gotta we gotta chat about. You know, this week the seven thirty seven max has been uh, approved to fly once again by the FAA, right? And it uh, is. What, uh, what does this mean? Are they going to be up in the air, like, already? Or do we know how this uh, process unfolds? Well, it's going to take a little bit of time to get them back up in the air because there's some training things that have to be done with the, with the flight crews and some maintenance tasks that have to be done as well. Yeah. And okay. so those will have to be done before they could. So it's not going to be like, okay, so they got their approval. So let's go flying. Mm -hmm. It'll, it'll be a little bit. So probably by the end of the year for some American airlines says they'll have it done by the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, but most I think are going to be probably in the first quarter of 2021. Okay. Now I know you like to, uh, follow this type of stuff quite a bit. Have you heard at all what that training is going to entail specifically, or have you not got that deep in the weeds with that type of stuff yet, Keith? I, I have not. Uh, however, it, it is definitely going to be um, the system that caused this issue, which is the angle of attack system. Um, and really, to, to get down to the nitty gritty, there is an option on the aircraft when you purchased it, just like cars have options, airplanes have options as well. Yeah. Um, most of the, like Southwest, they took the option to have the, the backup system on here. And so they never had any issues. Um, the foreign carriers, none of them accepted any of the options. Hmm. And um, just to be clear, 
especially on the second aircraft that that crashed, uh, the pilots were at fault there because they shut the system off, then they turned it back on, and they should not have done that. So um, there's yeah. going to be some training involved as far as how to operate the system and what to do, and that is going to be no longer an option. All the aircraft are going to have to be configured now with this new software system on there, and it's no longer an option. Got it. Okay, so when you say so they the turn it off, they'll have to go through training. Yeah, they'll have to go through training on how to operate this system. Understood. Okay, but when they turned it off and turned it back on, you said that was a mistake. But they did that because they weren't trained properly uh, with how to do it and all this kind of stuff. So the pilots are going to have to have additional training. That'll take a few weeks, and then the big caveat to the whole process of getting them back up in the air: they got to have somebody to take. And who is going to win the lottery to be the first passengers on a 737 Max, you think? Is that going to be I like would a, do it in a heart? Well, you would do, do it. it. I, yeah, I, I wouldn't have any issue getting on a 737 Max. I, I wouldn't either. But you do wonder. I mean, uh, it, it is going to be a little uh, nerve-wracking, I think, for the initial uh, you know, n- initial uh, passengers to go, uh, hey, I'm flying over to Seattle here. You know, from Orlando, uh, let, let's get on. Oh, well, wait. that would be nerve wracking just in the fact that you're going to Seattle. Well, but I tell okay. you what, I, w- I would get on. I would get on a 737 Max a lot faster than I would take a vaccine for the coronavirus. Okay, all right. Well, there, that's not a political statement at all. No, <laughs> but uh, but that's fine. But I but I do wonder that if you're you're planning a flight. And you get to the airport, and all of a sudden, at the very last minute, you realize, hey, wait a minute. This is one of these new 737 Max. Would, would you kind of like second-guess yourself and go, I, I'm not sure how I feel about this? You know? I mean, because they, they could— I, I, I wouldn't them- at all. Because, because the, you know, at the U.S. airlines, thousands and thousands of flights in that aircraft. That was the best-selling aircraft that Boeing had. Yeah. And we never had a single issue because our pilots are better trained. True. Everybody's got to understand that the, the, the issues happened with overseas air, airliners. Yeah. And those pilots are not near as well trained as American pilots are. Okay. Well, there's uh, definitely that. But I'm still saying, you know, uh, I, I don't necessarily need to be the first one. Uh, oh, let me take the second flight. You know, <laughs> you, you think yeah. it's just me, huh? I think it's just you. I mean, okay. I would, I would be right. the I wouldn't have an issue getting on the first flight afterwards. You know, if the price was right, trust me, I'd take it in a heartbeat. You know, that's why I'm saying maybe the first flights on all these planes, they ought to do some big promotion like fly free, you know, and do a big, you know, thing like that. They ought to do that. It'd be good PR too. And then, well, it's it, great PR as long as they don't have any incidents. <laughs> I guess I should throw well, that little the, caveat they're, they're in not there. Gonna have any, they're not going to have any incidents from it. Yeah. Okay. I'm with you. We we need to support because the guys. system worked. The system worked well beforehand if you knew how to use it. Mm-hmm. And you know, unfortunately, there were some issues where, but yeah, you know. Well, now the way the problem is, we, we don't have the demand. Thanks to coronavirus, <laughs> we haven't even right. needed the airplanes. But uh, I don't know. We'll see. You know uh, how how this unfolds. But it's good that they're getting back in the air. And uh, getting these back in the fleet because these are newer airplanes too. So they, in theory, they should be more efficient uh, on many levels, and hopefully, maybe even more comfortable for the for the you know passengers and stuff. So, so we will see. They, they are about six percent more efficient than the earlier aircraft. Yeah, which doesn't seem like a lot, 
Uh, but it adds just up in fuel, just in fuel efficiency. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're talking about doing, you know, hundreds of hours of a year or thousands of hours a year, and that adds up a lot. Right. Very, very quickly. I, I have no doubt. All right. We got a couple uh, other things we got to get through, too. Um, one is right here in our neck of the woods of Orlando, Florida, where we do Just Plain Radio. We have, uh, well, they just announced a big air uh, airport addition thing. I mean, we're, we're going to be like on the cutting edge, uh, maybe in the entire United States with this Lake Nona thing. You think? What is going well, on with this? Yeah, I mean, certainly for the United States, we are yeah going to be on the cutting edge here. So it'll be it'll be interesting to see how it unfolds. Yeah, and sure. if you haven't heard, uh, there's this area of Orlando, just uh, very close to the international airport, called Lake Nona, and the city has uh, working with a I believe it's a German company to do like it the is. first uh, electric I don't know like electric vehicle flying airport or something i don't know what do you call this you think what do you what would you say this is exactly just well, a they're, hub? they're calling it they're they're calling it flying cars yeah um, they're really not cars though um they're they're really um they're like electric they're really taxis. airplanes yeah yeah um and and so they're they're trying to see how a, an air taxi situation would work now right. that still has to get past the FAA, by the way, mm-hmm. uh, because there's been a number of things that have tried this before and, and it did not work to get past the FAA. Yeah. So we'll see what happens with it. Yeah. It's pretty cool stuff though. Uh, electric, uh, fast, and, uh, you know, uh, like an air taxi for Florida. So we'll see where that goes. More coming up on Just Plane Radio. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot, and flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Do you have a message or product you need to share with the aviation world? Well, look no further than Just Plane Radio. Just like you, thousands of aviation enthusiasts are hearing this message. And we could be talking about you and your product or service as early as next Saturday. Remember, a terrible thing happens when you don't advertise. Nothing. 
go to JustPlainRadio.com. Send us an email and let us get to work to make your marketing message matter. Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Whoa, kill the motor, dude. Let us see what Squirt does flying solo. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me along with Captain Keith, navigating the latest aviation news and information. And then uh, just talking about some stuff that's happening around us. You know, we uh, might be literally next to a electric flying vehicle Mecca airport uh, right here in our home base of Orlando, Florida. They just announced not an this. It's not. What is it exactly? A hub? Or what, what, would, what a, would you call it, this thing? They call it a vertiport. A vertiport. So they've created their yes. own name for this facility. Well, um, because they're not supposed to, they're supposed to be vertical takeoff and landing. Okay. Like a helicopter, so, you think, right? Yeah. So, so why, don't why don't they call it a, a heli- Why don't they call it a heliport then? Because they don't have a rotor on them. They've got jets. And what they do is they initially have the jets turned down so that they take off straight up in the air. Yeah. And then they can maneuver the, the jet blast and hmm. go forward. Isn't that how the Skynet robots uh, propel themselves yes. selves through yeah. space and take over humans? So yeah. look, it starts all. It all starts here, right in our backyard. Lake Nona. The, the machines take over, but it is kind of interesting looking. This uh, I don't know this German company that's developed these uh, craft. I guess they're the ones who've done this, and then they've decided to pick Orlando as their first place to do uh, create one of these things. And they're saying they'll do like what? 180 or 186 miles an hour. Yeah. So they'll go fast. It'll give you an opportunity to hop in one of these things, uh, bypass the I four corridor, maybe fly over to Tampa in minutes as opposed to potentially two hours in traffic. And uh, so, so I don't know. If you're lucky. Yeah. If you're lucky. Right. Uh, so it's an interesting thing and, it, and it's all electric, but I will say, the look of these uh, vehicles that they show on the illustration, they, they look like flying hair combs. They got these weird ridges on the bottom of them. They, they, I, I don't know. Is it just me? They don't look very aviation macho friendly. You know what I, I mean? They don't, they, you know, I don't know. I look at it and I'm just like, what the heck is that thing? It doesn't have the panache. I, I don't think. have the. I don't no, think you'd see Tom like, Cruise like wanting airplane. to fly in one of these things. You hear what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. Well, but, I mean, he may eventually, but uh, no, they really don't uh, strike you as being sexy, let's say. Yes. Where's that German BMW sexy machine type thing they got going on over there? Uh, yeah. I, it's not necessarily translating, at least in these uh, particular uh, renderings that they've shared with us. But, you know, who knows? Maybe a cool paint job. He'll turn them into making them look like, you know, uh, some kind of crazy bird or something. I don't know. But it, but it, it does look yeah. very space-like. And uh, the whole, what do you call the, what do they call the port? The Veriport? What? 
what is it? Vertiport. 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 It does look like something straight out of Tomorrowland at Disney World. It, so, it does. Yeah. You know, it does fit with the whole Orlando decor. And maybe that was one of the the appeals that they saw for opening up the place here. But uh but yeah, that's kind of like an up and coming area of uh, Central Florida. And this could be potentially a, a pretty big hub if it takes off, literally and figuratively. Well we'll have to wait and well, see, I guess, right? The traffic the traffic there is horrible. What do you mean? So well, they'll probably yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the just, car traffic. It's congested right? there all the time. Yeah. Yep. 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 Um, yep. With all the schools and hospitals and and everything else that they have right in that area, so I think they're going to get a lot of people that are going to want to try it very right. quickly. Yeah. Just how how many uh, people can they carry in this vehicle? Uh, they're starting four. Four, and, and they expect it to be economically enough or com- comparable to like renting a car, or I mean, or a taxi or something, well, or what? What they say? No, to a to a first class airline ticket. First class, at, at least okay. initially. All at right. least initially, and mm-hmm. then they believe they can get the price down, you know, considerably after they figure out how to manufacture these things and yeah. have more and more of them. Well, and eliminate the pilot because that's the goal too, right? That Init- is the goal as well. Yes. Initially, initially, they will be piloted, right? And then, uh, as soon as they uh, get to a certain point, they'll deflate auto from airplane. And just let the plane fly itself and the four people on board. And, you know, maybe that helps, you know, cut the cost down. Uh, yes. it, it turns it more into an e-ticket ride, though, doesn't it? It sure does. That'd be way well, better than Space be Mountain. more of a theme park ride. Yep, no doubt. <laughs> but uh, but the range is pretty good. It would cover all of uh, Florida. You could fly down to Miami, I guess. I don't know how far. What is the range, are they saying, on this yet? It's, or? About, it's about 400 miles okay well that's uh, pretty but i would not be able to I can't quite make it to tallahassee so i won't be able to uh uh go see my kids with it well it's over 400 miles to tallahassee no it it um uh, it's only 285 miles but they, they don't have anything that's heading out that direction towards the panhandle yet hmm. so it's only going to be right here in like orlando tampa miami uh, Sarasota, Miami, Fort right. Myers, that area. Well, you could get all the way uh, down to the Keys with something like that easy enough, couldn't you? Yeah. Uh, looks like it, yeah. Yeah, of course you could. So, I mean, that'd be, you know, about 250 on miles, isn't it? Thereabouts yeah. from here. And, uh, and and then, you know, it'd just be a matter of time of, uh, I mean, it'd be actually a shorter flight to go over to the Bahamas. But obviously they're using these as commute op- options, at least initially, before they think about that kind of stuff yeah. but you know it's kind of cool to be at the uh you know on the forefront of the technology and, and so i really hope they can pull this thing off you know i don't know i mean are these things popping up across the country or this is the first type of thing that this, we've heard this is the first one in the u.s yeah at least well US. from this company in uh, germany i just wonder you know right. how far ahead are they uh, you know, of their peers and, and doing this kind of thing. Cause we haven't heard of anything like this being done anywhere else that I'm aware of. Have you, I, I have not heard of it either. Right. So it'll be interesting because, you know, they want to make it so that you can, uh, just use an app like Uber or Lyft, yeah. you know, to, to get a ride. Right. And the FAA is not too keen on that kind of stuff. So it'll, we'll see how long it takes for the FAA to go. Okay, here here's our blessing on this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they you know they allow you to deliver uh, pizzas with drones, but this is a whole nother thing. 
And, yeah, and the thing it is, you know, on board. yeah, well, not just that, but really the, the element to this, what makes a difference uh, than, than like these uh, flying taxis, drone things that we've seen over the last few years that seem to be coming to fruition is this thing is way faster, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's a, it's a real aircraft. It's a flying, uh, it's a, it's an airplane, electric airplane. So uh, it should be a lot, uh, you know, more practical than just, you know, popping up for a short distance, you know, in a quadcopter that can carry a person or something. Even though that'd be pretty cool too, pretty awesome ride. This is um, possibly a little bit more practical. So we'll go with that. All right. Uh, what makes pilots different? Well, evidently it might be their brains. We have some research to discuss about just that next on Just Plane Radio. Stay close. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. You are now clear for takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I'm getting pretty good just trying to figure out these landings. Increase altitude. Increase, Increase altitude. altitude. It always says it. No, I'm Increase trying to altitude. land. Terrain alert. I know terrain there's alert. terrain. I'm trying to terrain land alert. on the terrain. Terrain alert. Pull up. I will Pull not. Up. I am my Pull own up. person. Pull up. Terrain alert. Pull up. Terrain alert. Damn it. Landing unsuccessful. Yeah, I saw you, freaking dog. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot, that is me. That's Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. He's a big-time pilot. And I do wonder if he's uh, wired a little differently than most uh, normal people. You'd think so if you've ever been to an Iron Maiden concert. I would say he's probably out there. Uh, now, I am Greg, your uh, co-pilot. we got Kevin Keith, and we've been joined by a- AOPA's Tom Haynes to help balance out the crew, bring a little bit more brain trust to uh, to the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information, just in the nick of time. Because, you know, I was talking about this earlier, there's some new research that says that pilots' brains are wired differently than the non-flying public. 
And uh, obviously, this is a big deal. And uh, thing, I think most pilots realize this, or if you hang in the aviation community, you realize that uh, there's a unique breed of folk that are that gravitate to aviation. Why are you with me on this, Tom? What do you think? Oh yeah, there's a there's a there is definitely a lot of uh, characteristics and attributes that uh, are common across the aviation spectrum. And, and I mostly mean that as a compliment. Most, mostly, yes. I think <laughs> most, right. uh, there, there's an extra gene for opinions. For You're right. Example. Okay. There you go. Yeah. All right. But yeah, this story uh, it basically. I don't have any opinions, Tom. <laughs> yeah, none. None at all. But uh, but it comes out of China, and evidently they've done some research with some of their pilots there, and they've realized, or they, they are claiming, that uh, pilots are more attuned with their brain power to deal with I guess, uh, multitasking, many things at once. You know, when you're in the cockpit and you're juggling all this information's bombarding you that pilots have a, are, are a little bit more able to deal with all this information and, and make the appropriate adjustments in, I guess, their uh, flying skills. Right. And, well, the uh, first question I've got to ask, i got to interrupt you here, Greg. Okay, go ahead. And, and, and the first question i got to ask, since this came out of China, is this another disease that we're going to have to Oh, jeez, here we go. Here we go. Yeah. Yeah. The pilots have no opinions whatsoever. That's why that's one thing I think he's trying to illustrate. Yeah, political correctness sometimes is lacking. Okay. Problem. There's a, a self-awareness. Right. There's yeah, a problem right. with that. Yeah, emotional but IQ. That but, sort of thing. but just to dumb it down into, into my terms, uh, pilots can juggle a lot of balls at the same time <laughs> than the general public. And I'm, I mean that figuratively. And yeah. well, I don't know. In maybe. the in the general public, you said. <laughs> well, hey, that's a whole different show. Let's not uh, let's not divert too much there, well, Keith. I'm just saying words words have meaning here, right, so uh, we, well, we have to be careful how we say right. things. Right, that's right. Juggling, juggling balls in the cockpit, you know, that can be that can be challenging. Uh huh. Well, it, right. but but it it's a skill that you kind of need as a pilot. It does make you a better better aviator. You you kind of learn to once again multitask, and they they've just evidently they say they've found some kind of biological difference in the brain of pilots that uh, allows them to do this more effectively than the general public that does not fly or, you know, uh, navigate. So uh, an aircraft. So, um, I mean, first off, it's a, it is a pretty small study, but you know, we're kidding, we're joking around, but it does kind of hit home, doesn't it? I mean, it makes sense to me. What do you say, Tom? No, I agree. I mean, if you think about what all goes on, I mean, just think in the landing sequence alone, and you know, in the final, let's say, you know, half mile or quarter mile of the flight as you're going down to the runway, and you're managing, you know, speed and attitude and all the visual cues that you need uh, to be able to bring the airplane safely down to a reasonable landing and one you can walk away from. Um, it's very dynamic, and also part of the reason I think that it's so hard for students to learn that phase of flight uh, is because you have basically those final few seconds to kind of get it all right. It's all got to come together and it's hard for students to visualize that. So there's a lot going on. And then instrument flying is another whole skill where I think was even referenced in the, in the articles from the study of how much information you have to consume when you can't see outside in order to be able to keep the airplane upright and flying safely and to be able to make, you know, standard rate turns and climbs and descents without uh, outside visual cues. So there is a there is a lot to process with, without a doubt. My real question is, you know, is w- what's the cause and effect here? Is um, are are these 
people, do they become pilots because they have sort of this sort of brain capability Mm -hmm. or is it the result of training that anybody, you know, if you go through the training, it's just part of what it is that you learn and your brain begins to process this information because that's what it needs and what you've learned to process. So it's, you know, what's, what's the cause and effect I think is, was, I was most curious about. Yes. And and I don't know, did they, they didn't really address that. They just said there's a difference, I believe. Is that right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. They just said that they're wired different. So does that mean they're born that way or, or like Tom said, you know, is it because of the training? You learned it. You learned how to do this and, uh, and stuff. I don't know. I, it might be a combination of the two, but you know, and it's basically what it's saying is pilots, uh, have the brain of a genius. That's what I'm reading into this as well. Right. Now the, that, that's that's what I keep conveying at the bar to all the to the girls. Anyhow. Absolutely right. It never works. However, it doesn't hurt to throw it out there uh, just for your own amusement right. and uh, say we are superior to the you know general population. But the problem is is I keep telling my wife that as well, and I keep trying to get her to understand that. So maybe you guys can help back me up now. Well, we'll try, but it it won't help. Yeah. Because yeah, you know, I, think, I think some of that ends as you leave the cockpit, though, because I've, I've seen some really bad pilot behavior outside of the airplane that sort of negates any sort of positive effect that we might have been able to assemble from inside the cockpit. Well, th- this is true. And I, th- <laughs> I think there are limits or there's there's always the yin to the yang. Or, and then there's, a, you know, you put all this information in, you're able to process it, but something is sacrificed. And, right. and so just like uh, any computer genius that you encounter or consider a nerd uh, may not have the best common sense skills. And you kind of yeah. see that in the real world sometimes. So uh, you, you may be able to process all this stuff at once, but you may not have the best skills in the world when it comes to just, you know, Hey, look, the sky's blue. Well, no, it's not. It's actually magenta with a touch of, you know, I don't know. You know what I mean? Where it kind of gets in the way that creates problems in other areas, maybe of your life. So, right. so uh, social skills sometimes lacking. Possibly, yes. If there's a way where you can maintain the cool factor, uh, and 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 you know, you know, get rid of the you know pocket protectors and right. you know the fashion you, you sense. Know, you know and, about uh, how to how to when you're at the cocktail party, how to tell uh, if there's a pilot in the room, right? They'll tell you. Yeah, or something. Wait, they'll tell you. Yeah, exactly. So. Yes, we know this. So yeah, uh, you could look at that as a negative, or you could just. You know, most pilots just look at it, hey, it goes with the territory, you know? So, yeah, I guess it just depends. And when it comes to spouses and non-flying folk around you, you know, they 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 have a tendency to kind of bring you back down to earth. Definitely. Yeah. And that's yeah. kind of what you're alluding to, Keith, is that the wife just like, uh, yeah, you know, you may be a genius in the airplane, but shut up and take out the garbage already. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, at least we're, we're, we're clear. We know our roles in the world. We are geniuses in the airplane and, uh, we can brag immensely, but really to the people that it matters to, uh, it doesn't. So <laughs> use it. Uh, to her, I am just Keith. That's right. all I am. <laughs> You're just Keith, but Hey, he's also a super pilot. So, uh, Hey, keep that and, you know, keep that in your back pocket use it as a way of, I don't know, uh, to make you feel good about yourself. It's better than paying a shrink. You know, just say, my superpower is I am a pilot. Suck it, idiot. Something like that. I don't know. Tell yourself that and make you feel better about yourself. We'll go with that for now. More coming up on Just Plain Radio.
Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Not my color or my style. I've always preferred flying a G4. Will she fly? She'll fly. Let's load her up and bring our friends home, shall we? She flies. This is Just Playing Radio, Greg, your co-pilot. That is me along with Captain Keith and from AOPA. We have Tom Haynes helping us navigate the latest aviation news and information and just make us smarter. That's what we were, we've learned today or this week is that uh, pilots will, uh, you know, when you become a pilot, it will rewire your brain. There's some marketing to, you know, increase the fold of pilots across the world with uh, some of the, these ideas. As uh, as wrong as they sound, <laughs> but we we could exploit them uh, as much as possible. Now, Keith, uh, you know you got flight training professionals, and you know as we approach the holidays, the end of the year, and still trying to navigate uh, through these troubled times with COVID. There's been a lot of stuff I know on your radar, but uh, one has to do with. Uh, like uh, flight insurance is creating problems right now for your, for aircraft. Is that the case or what? Yes. In this, in this particular time, when you have COVID mm-hmm. and a lot of people are deciding, you know what, I'm not going to fly in the airlines anymore. I'd rather just get my own airplane. That's right. Uh, so a lot of people are trying to purchase their own aircraft and they're having issues with insurance, not necessarily buying the airplane, but they're having an issue with getting insurance. The insurance rates are just skyrocketing. And it's it's all due to some of the things that are happening. For instance, at the beginning of the show, we talked about the Boeing 737 MAX and what happened there. Yeah. And that's all part of what's happening in general aviation uh, with the insurance companies. A lot of insurance companies have gotten out of the business. And uh, so uh, it does create an issue. Um, so airplanes are selling right now. But, but the insurance, insurance is going up. Insurance is, is is going way up. So what what is that, Tom? I mean, obviously you guys are monitoring the situation on AOPA mm-hmm. at AOPA. Is this a pretty big deal uh, going yeah, on it's right a, now? Absolutely a big deal. Keeps right on both levels. I mean, we, our, we have a finance company, and the number of inquiries and and uh, sort of pre qualifications that people are are asking for uh, are you know at, at record levels. Uh, and the, but the aviation market is very tight. A lot of people are trying to buy airplanes, as Keith suggests, but many of them get the real real eye-opening when they get down to the final part of the deal of finding out what it has cost them to insure the airplane. Hmm. And uh, it can be very challenging. We hear about this every day from pilots calling AOPA and asking about uh, insurance and what's going on in the insurance industry. And it's particularly troubling for older pilots. It seems like when you hit somewhere around 70, in some cases it might be 75, uh, even though you may have been with a carrier for years or decades, uh, and uh, you may simply not be able to be insured at any cost, or if, hmm. or if you can get insurance, you're looking at 30, 40, 50% increases is not at all uncommon, and 100% is not unheard of, uh, in, and or decreases in limits as well, or a requirement that an older pilot has to fly with another pilot, uh, or maybe the insurance company is insisting that you kind of downgrade from a, a complex airplane 
with retractable gear, for example, to something with fixed gear, uh, fixed landing gear. So it's it's definitely an issue. Uh, work close to the uh, both the insurance brokerage world and the underwriters, and have been working with them on this carefully. We we think we're pretty close to being able to make uh, an announcement we, that we think will be helpful to some in that group. Yeah, uh, but it's but it's still a few weeks away, um, and so there is progress. Uh, the we're trying to educate the insurance companies about the real risk and understand where uh, their actual costs are. And it's surprisingly near as we can tell, uh, it's really not so much the, the big accidents that you hear about that um, may have uh, multiple fatalities, for example, in general aviation. It's, it's the stupid pilot tricks. And we talk about wiring pilots, pilots brains and how smart they are in the cockpit, but they do some Mm -hmm. dumb stuff sometimes like taxiing while texting and, uh, and well, there you out, go. Common sense. Right. Taking out a taxiway mm-hmm. light, which sounds like not a big deal, but if it gets the prop, that means, you know, it could be $10,000 propeller on a single engine airplane or more, and plus a probable engine teardown, which is another five, five figure sort of experience. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, hangar rash and, you know, bird strikes and, and those kind of things are just very expensive for the insurance company, and they happen every day. What is hanger rash? Is that what you said? Hanger rash? Uh, you, when you know you you back your airplane into the hangar and you get it a little too close to the wall there and clip something. Ah, okay. Wall. All right. Don't uh, don't they make an ointment up. for that that would clear right up? But That's I right. guess not. It'd be a paint job, cost tons so of money. The insurance right. companies certainly wish they did. Yeah, yeah right. I'm sure they do. Have a little salve on that and hope it goes away. Yeah, yeah. But 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 it is it is it actually based then on uh, incidents like that have been on the rise or do we know? I mean, because overall incidents like uh, you know deaths and things like that actually have gotten better over the last few years, haven't they? Yeah, the accident rate is down. Um, I mean, what's several things, a lot of dynamics in the insurance industry right now there, we used to have about 20 some underwriters in the aviation space, right? writing in the general aviation space. Uh, and, uh, for premiums have been flat for the last decade or more. And so nobody was making any money. So a bunch of several of the underwriters, uh, pulled out of the market. And hmm. so what happens when competition goes away? Well, right. costs or rates go up. So insurance companies who are left have taken this opportunity to raise the rates to try to be profitable in this space. And in some cases, it's gotten really out of whack on the wrong side. And so that rates have gone up to the point that now people are actually either dropping out of aviation or changing their flying habits because uh, they're not able to get the insurance that they want. Mm-hmm. Understood. So, uh, well, don't so they I, understand and, that and, uh, the, pilots are... And the biggest, the biggest yeah. culprit of that is people that are transitioning, like, like Tom was talking about. You transition from being a 172 pilot and you want to buy, say, a Bonanza or something with retractable gear, uh, it's really going to cost you a lot in insurance. Yeah, I'm glad you clarified that. When you said transitioning, I was a little worried. Knowing how your brain is wired. (laughs) Trying to be politically correct here. Yeah, that'd be the first time ever. What are you talking about? Uh, but yeah, so, I, you know, they got to make, uh, I understand the insurance companies got to make their money, but they, they got to understand us pilots. We're geniuses now and, yeah. uh, we're onto their game and we need to use some of that brain trust we have, I guess, and educate them and, and have them work with us. Cause you don't want to bring the, the pilot pool down to the level where they won't make as much money as they, they would like. Cause you know, they're trying to make a buck or two as well. So 
we got to keep well, it those very prices much down. is an education project uh, process for the insurance companies I could just give you one example i have an airplane that um they won't insure somebody to fly because he's fairly uh low time but he's very competent in this particular type of aircraft is Beechcraft Baron. Yeah. Uh, it's retractable gear. It's multi-engine airplane. Uh, he's very competent in that. And they'll insure him, but they want about $40,000 a year to do it. Wow. Uh, whereas they'll take somebody else who is a pilot for an airline hmm. and who has not flown a general aviation airplane in 18 years, and they'll insure him without any problem. Really? Because he's had this training by the airline. Mm -hmm. And so they think that they, that he knows what he's doing. Well, you put him in an airplane like that and it'd be like me flying the aircraft, right? Exactly. (laughs) It's like, he has no clue what he's doing. Um, And so it's just a, it's an education process for the insurance companies because they don't understand that they think training equals, you know, good pilot, Mm -hmm. but it's the type of training that makes a big, big difference. Got it. And you would agree with that, Tom? Yeah, I would. And we're understanding and learning that a lot of the, the underwriters, the ones who actually are making the decisions for individual pilots, uh, really have little to no aviation background. They rely a lot on on folklore, things they've heard from other underwriters and that sort of thing. So mm-hmm. it's not not nearly as data-driven as you would think that it might be and in, in, that it is in the, in the auto insurance, which is a much larger pool, of course. Is very data driven, and same with life insurance, hugely data driven. Yeah. Um, but when it comes to aviation, it's a much smaller pool, and the underwriters really are not very educated about what the real risks are. As Keith just pointed out, you know, they they think that just training in general equates to safety, and that's not always the case. You know what we got to do? We got to get together, forward them this research from China about the pilots being geniuses, and their brains are wired better than uh, the general population. Maybe that'll solve all the problems. I think I will. Just what we do sometimes. You are welcome. On that note, we'll wrap it up. Till next time, remember, there is no better high than learning learning to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the Information Super Skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. They're just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to fly and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I have some news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com.